Psalm 122, verses 6 through 9. David writes there, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then he gives an example of how to pray. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say, Peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless our lesson tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time of privilege and opportunity, Lord, to come as an assembly, Father, and spend time in prayer this evening. Thank you also, Father, for this brief time we might consider your word, be fed, Lord, once again. I trust, Lord, that we would be fed, we would be grown and nourished by this as we consider sometimes the practical things, Father, that you're trying to show us. Help us to get it right, Father, always to get it right as we consider your word and your direction for us. Bless us tonight, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Sometimes I will share with you, uh, oftentimes I'll share with you that I read a lot, I listen a lot to the radio when I'm in, you know, in the car by myself, and, oh, I get a lot of publications sent to me of a quote-unquote Christian nature. Um, And even though I'm in a a kind of a unique job, my job isn't immune to the same things as your job. At times, people want to tell you how to do your job, right? Uh, Oftentimes, uh, I hear a number of times, actually, that pastors are failing if they don't do this, this, and this. And pastors are failing their assemblies if they aren't doing this, this, or this. And they constantly seem to bombard, at least maybe maybe I'm getting a little touchy, but I feel like I'm bombarded in some of these different sources by things that I should be preaching, how to preach it, and how I'm failing if I'm not doing that. And one of the areas where I'm evidently lacking, as far as these ones, these individuals' minds and their ideologies, is, well, I'm not leading the charge, it seems to support the people of Israel, particularly in regards to this conflict that they're involved in now with Hamas and all of those things. And I'm not going to get into all of those things tonight. Uh, I haven't gotten into all the details. Uh, getting way ahead of myself, I pray for Israel, um, just as I presume you all do. Now, that being said, uh, I've heard from a number of different sources, and again, I'm not just going to be touchy here at the pulpit, but different ones have have said that pastors need to condemn Hamas. Pastors need to be taking a daily collection from their assembly uh, to provide for the needs there and to further their war effort, not just to meet charitable needs or make charitable donations and the like. People uh, say that pastors need to be leading in special prayer for Israel, that they might be victorious in this battle against, um, well, against the heathen, you might say. Uh, pastors are failing if they don't champion the cause and line up uh, bringing support and help and finances to God's people, Israel. And I hear that quote oftentimes, God's people, Israel. And then they point to this, verse 6 specifically, uh, to support this ideology, this rhetoric that they share. And it's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. <laughs> May they prosper who love you. And then they suggest that our money, our time, our every thought focus upon that country and those people is how we might show our love. And so plainly, what pastors should be doing isn't being done here because I haven't done any of these things as your pastor and we haven't made it our focus. I'm going to begin by simply saying that some things are obvious. Uh, War is ugly and war is horrifying and 
You can take the ugliness and the horrifying parts of just basic fundamental, if there is such a thing as basic and fundamental war, and you can make those things atrocious and even worse still by throwing on some of the atrocities that certainly took place when Israel was invaded a couple of months ago. Uh, Atrocious things took place there, and I want to make it plain that I want atrocious things to come to an end. I want deaths of children. I want deaths of innocence. I want... uh, Well, death overall, unnecessary death, to come to an end. Without question, I want to make plain. I want the peace of Jerusalem. I want the peace for Israel. But when the word says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, when the word suggests that peace be within your walls and that be something we seek, that prosperity be within their palaces, I hope that you'll agree with me that it doesn't merely mean to pray for the end of conflicts for Israel and their war with others. It doesn't mean merely to pray for their political status and their political well-being with their neighbors. It doesn't mean merely to pray that life would return to normal for the people of Israel. I hope you'll agree with me that normal life for the vast majority of the people of Israel is not what God would have for them. And I'll just kind of leave that there for the time being. I think God has more for us, more for those people uh, in Israel, those ones who came from those ones we call the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I think that he has more for them than merely for us to support them with our charity. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 7, Moses speaks of those people this way. The opportunity given to them, he speaks this way. For what great nation is there that God has, or that, I'm sorry, for what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? He's speaking to Israel about themselves for whatever reason we may call upon him. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? What great nation? What nation is so near to the Lord uh, as, as we are? I mean, they saw Israel taken up out of Egypt. They saw being led by a pillar of fire, being protected by a pillar of cloud and all of those things. Uh, God wanted to bless these ones. If you flip back to Numbers chapter 6, uh, one book before Deuteronomy, Numbers chapter 6, we know that God wanted to bless Israel. He says it this way. In Numbers 6, verse 22, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I'm going to tell you, the Lord did lift up his countenance. The very face of God was presented To those people, first and foremost, when the Lord Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, the face of God, His very countenance was presented to them, first and foremost. He was rejected, again, getting ahead of myself. These ones grieved Paul. He wrote about it in Romans chapter 9 and verse 2. He wrote about the opportunity and the peace that was offered to them. Romans 9 verse 2 says that, I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. These ones who were given to pray for the peace of. God set them aside and gave them opportunity to be 
His testimony, to bear His name, to be the example and the shining light by which people could see why it was a blessing to serve the Lord God. I think that we can agree that the peace that God desired and desires for Israel is far greater than any peace that's going to come from peace summits and meetings of dignitaries and the like. We know that the true and needed peace for Israel, what has been offered and what will only be found, is well, what Peter presented to the, the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Acts 10 verse 36, this is the peace that Israel needs. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Jesus is the peace that Israel needs. Jesus is the peace. He is the Lord of peace, the Prince of peace. My peace I give you, my peace I leave you, he said before he departed this world. He is the peace that God would have us to desire for Jerusalem and Israel at large. And they don't claim him corporately as a nation presently. They don't. Psalm 122, back in our opening passage, opening text, it says, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together, where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Jerusalem hasn't housed the house of the Lord for 2,000 years. Hasn't been anything that's been dedicated to the true and complete God for some time. Jerusalem hasn't offered themselves as the tribes of the Lord to the testimony of Israel for longer than that. Jerusalem hasn't given thanks to the name of the Lord when they don't know the name of the Lord, including Jesus Christ. They don't know the entirety of that. How can they possibly have peace if Jesus isn't the center of it? They can't. All other forms of peace... All other shadows of peace and just simple handshakes between countries and nations. Those things are just shadows of what Jesus offers in completion and in entirety and in perfection. The day is going to come that the nation will know that peace. I'll close with Jeremiah chapter 31. The day is going to come that they will know that peace, but that day isn't today. They will know who Jesus is. Jeremiah prophesied of that fulfillment that is yet to come in its completion and its entirety. They reject today, certainly, but recognition of who Jesus is and faith in who He is and understanding in who He is and believing who He is is going to come. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. The Lord says through Jeremiah, This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me <laughs> entirely, completely, corporately and collectively. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. That will take place in the next age, saints. That will take place after the Lord has come and removed well, his bride, removed his church. And there will be a recognition then by those that remain of, well, of the Jews that will see him and recognize him. That is when peace will be in their walls. That is when prosperity will be within their palaces and saints. That's the peace that we're called to pray for. Now listen, 
I want to make sure you understand as the Lord puts it on your heart to contribute charitably to, to whatever charities that he calls for you to do, whatever offerings and, and that sort of thing. I'll never dissuade you from doing that. I don't feel led to call for us to do that collectively as a church. I know that charity charity and giving, well, it's not the ultimate answer for the ultimate well-being of anybody. I know that a tranquil life and just natural peace and cooperation between two unbelieving countries, that's not the ultimate purpose that God has for those people. That's not the ultimate desire. That he, that's not the ultimate good that I'm seeking for. It's just that there be natural peace. So I don't want to be derelict of my duty as your pastor. Let me encourage you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Israel. The peace that is above and over all else. The peace that supersedes any kind of international treaty, any kind of politics. The peace that we should indeed pray for is the presence of Christ as their king, that that age might be ushered in because we'll be removed. (laughs) And he'll be present for them and they will know him as He is intended to be known. That's what I pray for. And that's the peace that I encourage you to pray for, for Jerusalem and all of Israel.